Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Shmuel Betz, Perek Betz. Shaul is dead, and now David has to decide what to do, and he consults with God and says, Should I go to one of the cities of Yehuda? And uh, Hashem says yes, and he says, Where to go? Hebron. David goes to Hebron, and there it says, David David gets anointed as king over just the province of Yehuda, Hebron being its capital. You know, it's interesting, Shaul had three coronations, one in private with the prophet, then one in public, which the people didn't quite accept, and then a third one when everybody accepted him. We're going to see that David also first was anointed by the prophet Shmuel. Now he is anointed and accepted as king by the tribe of Yehuda. And later on, as we'll see in chapter 5, he becomes king over the entire country. And this sort of shows us that uh, Malchut, the monarchy in Israel, it, it, it can only come around when there's real public support. It isn't just something imposed by God, but it's, a, it's got political considerations. And almost you can't rush it. You can't rush the acceptance of a leader. So David now has uh, become the leader over Yehuda. And the question will be, is everybody everybody going to accept his rule? David's first act as king is to reach out in an act of unification. And David sends messages to Yavesh Gilad, a town which is associated with Shaul, with the tribe of Binyamin. It's a town way up north in the Transjordan. And he says, He says, congratulations, you should be blessed to God that you did this kindness to Shaul and you, you buried his body. He praises them left and right. And it seems like David is really reaching out. He's reaching out to the other faction and we might anticipate that therefore this is going to be a process of unity and very soon the nation are going to accept David as king over all of them but that doesn't happen because in fact what we're going to hear is that in the very next verse of Ner Ben Ner and the rest of the chapter is really going to be a struggle between the two army captains we're not going to hear much of David we're not even going to hear much of Ishboshet, who's Shaul's son, strange name, maybe we'll talk about it at some point. But we're going to hear more about the generals. Shaul's general of Ner ben Ner and Yoav ben Suriya, David's general. Because what we read in verse 8 is Avner ben Ner Satsavar Shel Shaul Akachet Ishboshet ben Shaul Vayavirem Machanaim. Shaul lived in Givat Shaul, in Givah, very close to the border with Yehuda, and it seems like now it's a crisis moment. Shaul's been killed. All of Shaul's sons have been killed apart from Ishboshet. Maybe he was too young at this point, or maybe he wasn't the type of person who went to war. 
And now Avner needs to take him to a safe house, to a safe place. He takes him to a, a, a venue called Machanaim, also in the Transjordan, somewhere where he'll be out of the way, away from the border, and he can be safe in this crisis moment. And now Avner crowns Shaul's son over the Gilad and Yisrael and Ephraim of Binyamin while Yisrael Kula. And therefore now we're going to have a period of friction where David is going to be ruling Yehuda, and in the north we're going to have Ishboshet and Avner ben Ner. And it tells us that the not that the the duration of time that David rules in Hebron is seven years and six months. And this state of acrimony continues as we read in the first verse of chapter three. Until one side is sort of losing, the war was long between the house of Shaul and the house of David. Until David became increasingly strong and Shaul's side became increasingly weak. Seven and a half years of this sort of civil war and the rest of the chapter explains how bad it became. The episode which exemplifies the horrible state of affairs happens at Givon, a place just four kilometers north of Jerusalem, north of the border. And we don't quite understand the background, but we know that Avner Ben-Ner come all the way from Machanaim to Givon. Some people have suggested that Givon is the place where the Mishkan is, not the Ark of the Covenant, but um, Givon being the place where the central altar moved to after Nov Irakonim had been executed. Uh, later we find King Solomon sacrificing at the Bamagadola in Givon. Who knows, maybe Avner Ben-Ner's men were going there to provide some defense there. And Yoav ben Suriya and Avdei David. They all meet up there at the Brecha in Givon. They line up. These on one side of the Brecha, these on one side of the pool, and these on the other side. And at a certain point, Avner says, Was this a sense of jousting, almost like a, a, a play fight? Or was this an attempt not to ga- engage in full-scale conflict? They, they line up, and 12 soldiers... From the north, fight twelve shoulders of the the south. The achziku ish barosh reehu. Each one holds the head of the other. V'char bobetzad reehu vayiplu yachdav. And even that phrase vayiplu yachdav, they both fell together, indicates just how how ugly this is. That there's no one who's going to win here. But kasha ad maod The war got so bad on that day, and that's when we see a close up of one of David's men. His name is Asael, who is He's as swift as a gazelle. And Asael chases Avner, who tries to avoid killing him, because Asael is, of course, Yoav's, Yoav's brother. But in the end, Asael pursues him relentlessly. And Avner, who's clearly an amazing soldier, um, after he even turns around and says, I, I, I don't want to kill you. How am I going to look your brother Yoav in the face? Eventually, he's chasing him so much that he turns and kills him with his spear. How does the day end? The day ends with Avner calling to Yoav for a truce. And the phrase we hear is, Will the sword consume forever? 
didn't you don't you didn't you know that it's going to be bitter at the end? How long how long are you going to take before you tell your men to stop pursuing their brother? And Yoav says, Chai Elohim, Dibarta. If only you'd spoken earlier, If you'd only called off the battle, we would have stopped even this morning. You know, it's like each side saying, it's your fault, it's your fault. You, you should have stopped earlier, you should have stopped earlier. When we see the tally here, uh, we hear that David has lost 19 men and Asael, in other words, 20 in total. But the side of Binyamin, the men of Avner, have lost 360 men. Was this the only instance of bloodshed during the seven and a half years, or was this just an example of what was going on more? Who knows? I wonder what, how, you know, we see here Yoav against Avner. I wonder, where's David with all this? David, who reached out to Yavesh Gilad in the opening lines of the chapter. Couldn't the kings have got involved and tried to create peace rather than conflict? So that's the question that I will leave you with today. Lihitraot.